You know, uh, this week uh, we looked on NOVA. NOVA, it's on public television. And they had a special on Saturn. Now, I've been so busy, I haven't really looked at all those probes of those satellites that have gone out there and the things and the pictures that they told us what's going on. And I think that ties with Leah with your song as we look to the stars and we see God in those stars. Last, um, you know, a church is all about studying the word of God, giving God praise, and fellowshipping with each other. And last, uh, we had a Vespers last week in the Scanlands, and we said the official goodbye, but you're still here, and you'll always be in our hearts, and we wish you well as, as uh, Scanlands, as the, yeah, as you go to Skinner's. Wait a minute, Scanlands, Skinner's. Scanlands. Skinner's are going to, anyway, we wish them well. mind being corrected. That's okay. I'd rather be right than, than to such. But we're going to say goodbye to the Skinners. And thank you, Leo. You'll still be with us. Okay, God bless. I got it straight now. The Scanlons are leaving. And the Skinners are staying. As far as we know. Good, good, good. Thank, I think I've got your attention now. Okay. Praise the Lord. I want to tell several things I want to share with you. Um, I, I want to thank uh, the Sabbath School class. I believe that Sabbath School is a part of church. It comes as a package, amen? And our Sabbath School is starting to move. We have some wonderful leadership uh, with Michelle is taking wonderful leadership, and we, we're changing things up. We're getting close to the end of time, and it's time to do business different. The um, ASI, Adventist Service and Industries, they ha- their theme that just got finished was business unusual. And we've got to do business unusual because the world is turning unusual now. And so she's doing some exciting things. Our Sabbath school lesson is unusual. In our class today, we made a decision. We got off a of dead center, and we as a class are going to come together we made a decision that we're going to meet other than just Sabbath morning. In two weeks, we're going to meet on Sabbath afternoon, too, and we're going to get to need, know each other. We're going to meet from fellowship at Harbor Bay, Harbor View Apartment. I know where it's at. I'm new to town. And we're going to meet there, and we're going to go we'll have a little water and maybe a snack, and then we're going to go to walk together, and that's just the beginning. We're going to do, some, we're going to do business unusual. The other thing I want to talk to you is I want to introduce you to somebody who's with us for the very first time. There's probably other people, but I happen to know this person, and that is my dad, Willard Majeur. He's just come up to live with us now, and uh, this past Wednesday he's had quite a journey, and I want you to welcome my dad here, Willard Majeur. I get my middle name from him, so now you know what my middle name is. So. <laughs> the other thing I want to share with you is... Um, that song that we sang, Grace, Grace, Marvelous Grace. And if you want to, to look at that throughout the sermon, it's all about God's grace. It's his grace that saved us. We are unworthy, but because of him, we are going to have eternal life. And we're going to close with one of the most favorite hymns, Amazing Grace. And hopefully after we talk about this this morning in the sermon, you will sing that song 
with more fervor than you've ever done before. And so what I want to share with you is the person that we're going to have a sermon. I'm going to have a word of prayer in a moment, but I'm still warming up, still warming up. That um, the person that we're going to study today is, is a person who was, was a liar. We're going to stu- he was a betrayer of his brothers, he was a, and he was a murderer, and he was more. And God is saved him. He, his grace turned him around to he became one of the leaders of people. His, happen, his name happened to be Judah. Now, usually, I saw everybody looking at Judah over there. Now, Judah, I'm going to talk to you. We had a guest pastor once, and our little boy, we have an Andrew, just like the Andrew over here. We have an Andrew, and he was probably just a, a couple years old, maybe three years old, and he was working, doing something in the pew, trying to behave himself, sitting down front there, because we always are near the, the organ. And the pastor said, and Andrew, he met this little boy, and Andrew took his, his loaves to, he found his brother, first he found his brother and brought him to Jesus, and then later he, Andrew, brought uh, the little, the, met this little boy, and then Andrew took this little boy to Jesus, and Andrew, and finally my son said, no pastor, not Andrew. Well, today it's Judah. We're not talking about this Judah. We're going to talk about another Judah. But you're very, very important in this congregational life today here. I just want to say greetings from uh, Strong Tower Radio. Now, that seems strange when I'm in the hometown of Strong Tower Radio, say greetings from Strong Tower Radio. Well, I'm kind of programmed because I'm usually guest speaking from somebody else, from in, you know, in, all the way to the UP, St. Marie. Maybe I've been someplace else. Maybe I've been at the Adventist Radio Convention. I'll say, greetings from Strong Tower Radio. But you need the greetings too, amen? And sometimes, have you ever had that experience that you might have been to the Atlanta Zoo or the Chicago Zoo or whatever zoo, but you haven't been to someplace really close to you? I just ask you, when was the last time you were at the Wexford History Museum? That's good, that's good. Well, sometimes... You, you don't go to the things close to you. I want to welcome you, and I want to invite you to come over to Strong Tower Radio. It's in your neighborhood, and we'd love to give you a tour. And as was said earlier, we're going to have a gathering on September 6th and in the evening, and we're going to have some fellowship and we'll have some music. So we want you to invite and come to the place that's right next door. Amen. Let's, let's, uh, we're going to talk about Judah today. We're going to talk about God's grace. God loved him. God has saved him in spite of who he is. And at the end of the day, I'm going to tell you what the, uh, the appeal will be, is God can save you too. Let us bow our heads for a word of prayer. Our great heavenly Father, marvelous grace is the opening hymn, and that's what it is. Marvelous grace that saves a sinner like me. And that applies to all of us. No one is exempt. Lord, thank you for that grace. And as we sing the closing song, we will look at those words, those long sung words, I believe it was by Newton, who was a sold slaves and was cruel, cruel person. And when Jesus got a hold of him, he realized what grace he had. Lord, help us to realize what grace we have in you. In Jesus' name, amen.
Let's talk about Judah. It's a redemption story. Question is, what do you know about Judah? We don't need that. What do you know about Judah? This is kind of a quiz. Isn't this a beauty, a beautiful, idyllic picture? This is Judah with his father, uh, Jacob. And look at all those people. That arrow is pointing to who? We're going to be interactive. Say that a little louder. This is to Jacob, okay? And Jacob is who? The father, okay? And who is this guy right here? Joseph. Why do we know he's Joseph? His coat of many colors. Now, I'm going to identify the third one. The rest of them, I have no idea who they are. But this person, who is that? Benjamin. And who is Benjamin? His younger's brother. Okay, let, you've got it. This does look like a happy family, doesn't it? Well, let's look at the rest of the story here. Well, first of all, I was going to say, where's Judah? We don't know. He was, we'll tell you more about him. Judah, I mean, Judah had a distant father. Jacob there did not have a good relationship because he loved the other two, two of the brothers, but it wasn't Judah. It was, um, it was Joseph and Benjamin. He had a chaotic and dysfunctional family. Do you have a dysfunctional family? You know, the truth is, my cousin, his second cousin, told me, he says, we all grow up thinking that everybody else has a better family than we do. But we all have dysfunction in our family. And some of our families are more dysfunctional than others. But God's grace. There was favoritism in his family. There was rebellion in his family. There was jealousy and betrayal in his family. And back to our memory verse. It was not because you were the more, more numerous than all the other people that the Lord favored you and chose you. For in fact, you were the least numerous of all people. Deuteronomy 7, 7. How many was that least? It was in the scriptures tells us just in a couple verses before, it says there was only 70 of them. God chose 70 people to, to change the world. Judah was, God chose Judah or the Jews. That's where the Jews came from, Judah. Not because they were the family size. They were only 70. Not because he was good. And we're going to, we're going to, the, 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 we're going to pull the wraps off him. We're going to make him look who he really is, and it's not pretty. And he was not that he was wealthy. Okay, let's look at Judah's family. We're going to start from Noah. It'll take us a long time to go all the way back to Adam and the whole genealogy. But we go from Noah after the flood, and then we just go down a few generations and go Eber. Do you know who Eber was? Have you ever heard the name Hebrew? It was Eber. Hebrews are Eberites, okay? And then there's Abraham. So we're coming closer to Judah. This is what, uh, uh, in his lineage. Let's look at some interesting facts about Judah and his family. Uh, how many nations, how many nations came out of this family tree? It's amazing if you really think about it. You have, you have the Moabites, that came from Lot. That was Abraham's nephew, so you got the Moabites, the Ammonites. You read those all through the Bible. They were kind of enemies of God's people. But look over here. You've got the Ishmaelites. Remember the Ishmaelites? That's the traitors that Joseph got sold to were Ishmaelites. There's Midianites. And then, of course, there's the Israelites, which came out of Jacob when his name was changed to Israel. So that's the nations. That's a background. Let's look at some sins. 
family sins that continued from generations to generations. He had some bad examples. Abraham. Abraham had grace from God. He walked from God, but he wasn't always perfect. It isn't our goodness that saves us. It's the grace of God that saves us. He had more than one wife, which caused a ton of trouble. Of course, with Sarah, they had, had, had Isaac, and then his Jacob the, in the lineage. But the Hagar was the, was the salvation by works, trying to help God out. There was polygamy in his family, and there was favoritism. It was generational fam- favoritism. It was Isaac had favoritism, and his, uh, he had Jacob, and Rebekah, his mother, or that was his mother had favoritism with Jacob, and Isaac had favor with Esau. Bad history. Let's look at his nuclear family. Let's look at the, the family tree. You know, just recently, um, uh, Ruth Calkins did the family tree for us. During the auction, we bought the thing that was family tree, and we found that the, my dad, on his lineage, on his side, we have some Myers. I always said that we, had, we were the majeures, the Myers without the eye for inheritance, but we found out we had three Myers, so I might go talking, knocking on the door sometimes, Sue, see if there's some money in the inheritance there somewhere. But uh, I actually told that to Fred Meyer. He laughed. His son, uh, Hank Meyer, he did not laugh when I told him that story. So, so let's back up just a little bit. Uh, we'll go back to Abraham and then Isaac coming right down the patriarch tree, and there's Jacob. Now, Jacob, we talked about this polygamy. That means having more than one wife. Did that work out, kids? Did that work out too good having Four wives, not at all. Let's just look at this. Leah, how many children did Leah have, kids? Count them up. I'm listening. Six kids, okay. And Rachel, which was the beloved, the one that Isaac had worked for for, for, uh, was how many years, 20, 14 years? And how many children did Rachel have? Two. Well, they got into the space race. We just talked about this is the 50th anniversary going to the moon, and we were trying to get there before the Russians did, the Soviet Union. And they had a family space race here. They were looking. So, so uh, Bilha was, was Rachel's handmaid. We'll talk about that. And she had two children by Jacob. And Zilpah, which was Leah's uh, handmaid, had two more. So... That's where Judah is in the line, and we'll talk about that. You notice that he's not, this is in birth order. This is interesting, it's in birth order. Okay, let's look at Judah's siblings. So you've heard about blended families. He's kind of like the ultimate blended family, okay? That means that you got family from different mothers or fathers. So so here's, here's Judah's family in the square there, and that's Leah and his five other brothers, okay? And then the next, that's his full brothers. That means that they have the same father and the same mother. Now you, we have Leah, which is uh, handmade, which is Zilpah, and she had two children with, with Jacob, and so that was half-brothers to Judah. And then, then um, actually, that, that was actually, oh, make it even more complicated. Let me back up. This, this actually happens to be Bilhah, which happens to be, his aunt's, aunt's servant had two children. And then to, to even up the score, I think they went over. Then 
then his mother had his, ma half, uh, had, had his maid have two children, and that's another half-brother. And then Rachel finally has uh, two children with Joseph and, and Benjamin. Is that a messed up family? A really messed Now, did they get along a real happy family? No, they weren't. Let's talk about his home life. You have four mothers, uh, mother wives. Two of them were sisters. That complicated even worse, right? It was a dysfunctional family. They hated each other. Do you sometimes have a little tension with your brothers and sisters? They hated each other. Favoritism. Two out of the ten, uh, which was Rachel's children's, Joseph and Benjamin, were favored by Jacob. And uh, does that cause problems? If you think your brother's getting treated better than you are, do you, do you like that? No, right? That was a big, big problem. He didn't just do it with, it was just, it was just bad. So let's look at the uh, birth order. So this is the birth order. Those numbers are the orders that they came. So there's Judah. What number is Judah? Number four. We're not talking about you, Judah. This is another Judah, okay? Okay, he was number four. Now, if you were the number first, who got the birthright? The, Reuben would get it. He blew it. He did something bad that his dad got really mad at him, and he should have. So he's out of there, okay? He's not to get the birthright. And Simeon and Levi, if I remember correctly, they, they did some evil things to other people and put put bad name on the family. They're out of the birthright. They're, they're already down to number four. That's, that's pretty bad. Is the first three picks are bad, right? That's the family that, 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 that Judah came from. He was fourth in line. It's like the king. You know, the kings, they go through three kings and they finally get to you. Uh, you kind of say, well, how good am I if I'm the fourth in line there? This is the other, Rachel's maid, the, the sons from the Rachel's maids. This is the front. This is part of the race again. Leah's maid's sons. Then, the, then Leah had two more. And then finally, Rachel, the beloved wife, the favored ones had Joseph and Benjamin. What a mess. Let's talk about the shames. These were not nice guys. How, you know, we think we have to be good to be saved. Well, we should be good because God loves us and it changes our heart. But that doesn't save you. It doesn't save you. Look at his brothers. They were murderers. They murdered a whole group of people, a whole a tribe of people. Incest, that means doing, uh, having relationships with, with family when you shouldn't be having family. That's these guys. They had hatred. How bad was their hatred? They, they were, first of all, they were going to kill their brother. That's pretty serious. And then they sold him as a slave. Guess whose idea was that? We'll get to that in a minute. They envied each other. These are not nice guys. They enslaved their brothers. They lied. They lied. All lies are bad, kids, right? Even the small, little white lies. It's pretty bad when you lie to your own dad. They lied to their own dad. We'll get to that. They were immoral. And this, this one goes right to Judah himself. Do you think God, do you think they have a good enough record to get in heaven? He does and he doesn't because of God's grace, because Jesus will cover all your sins, but he wants you to change. He doesn't want you to continue living the way that you live. And there's even more. We could go on forever. Let's look at it. The amazing thing is this guy who is so corrupt, so bad, 
He's part of the patriarchs, part of the history that Jesus comes from. Let's look at that line. We're going to look at it a couple ways. So here's Judah, the guy we're talking about. Not this Judah, right? Not this Judah. David, and we skipped a few generations, and right there to Jesus Christ, our Savior. Our God is such a, he took this man who was so bad and still said, you have value and you're going to be in the kingdom of God. One of the tribes is named after you. Uh, let's look at the genealogy of Christ. Does, does Jesus' history, is that a perfect, picture-perfect family? We talked about that family of the, that looked like it was so pretty. Jesus' family was not pretty either. Jesus had Tamar, here's Judah in that line, Tamar, who, who we're going to talk about more, who, who had a fair amount of sins in her life, Ruth, which was, was a prostitute, I mean, Rahab was a prostitute. Ruth was an unbeliever, was not even of their same, their, their same tribe. Uriah was murdered, and there was Solomon was out of illicit relationship and murder. This is the line of Christ. It's amazing. You couldn't write a story like this. Jesus, Jesus takes us where we're at, and he saves us. In spite of the background he came from, he, was a, he, he is our Savior. Let's look at this lineology. And I just want to take this little side rabbit tra trail for this. Jesus, the lineage of Christ, I think that there's something deeper in this than I thought. Jesus' lineage, going back to Judah, comes at two different directions. There's a biological direction, and then there's a patriarchal direction. His patriarchal direction comes from through Joseph. He was, he was immaculate conception. That means that the Holy Spirit brought Jesus to life, brought and, and, to, and Mary, and, but they went to the patriarchal lineage and then came biologically to Christ. It's a sound. God planned this out so perfectly. And look here, Judah's in this in spite of who he was. Let's talk about Judah. Let's get personal with Judah. Things that we know about Judah. Judah... See, what's this picture, kids? What's this picture? What do you think this picture is about? Say it louder. They're selling Joseph. Joseph is being sold to his relatives, his distant relatives, which are the Ishmaelites, and I think the Midianites might have even been involved in this. And whose idea was to sell their, betray their brother? Judah. Is this any guy that seems like he's the leader of a, of a nation and should be in, in the heaven? Judas lie. What is this picture right here? What is Judas lie? He goes back, all the brothers, after they betray their brother, they got to have a cover-up story. So now they have, they've sold their brother, they betrayed him. Now they tell lies to their father. Told their lies to their father. Did they tell just one lie? They told it until Joseph they got exposed many, many years ago. In my next sermon about Joseph, we'll talk about how long. We're not going to do that today. Who was this renegade? He was the fourth son of, of Leah. He was, this is what I found to be extremely interesting. He's only three years older than Joseph. I thought he was many, many years. He's only three years older than Joseph. He's a wayward son of Joseph, Jacob. Now, let's talk about wayward son Dig a little deeper into this. Look at this. First of all, he, he runs away from home. 
This was a patriarchal system. You stayed with the family. He runs away from home at 14, and he lives with Hira. Now, Hira was a bad penny. Hira was a guy that your parents wouldn't want you to hang around with. Uh, Hira, he, he, he got, I think Hira led him into sin. I think he was hanging around with the Hira in the neighborhood. Maybe they were trading sheep. Maybe they're watching sheep or doing something. He came across Hira, and he decided to go live with Hira rather than to live with his, his brothers and with his dad. He took a wife at a very early age, and in those days, you all, your father was involved in your marriage. You did not get married to anybody unless your father was involved. The fact that, that he took a wife, it doesn't say his father had anything to do with it. He was running away for run. He had three sons by the age of 20. Back in those days, you didn't have sons by, by the age of 20. And so he was, it was very, very interesting. And then when he had the children, did he bring them up in a good, godly home? No. And I'll tell you how bad his home was. First of all, he arranged their marriage. It's interesting. He didn't have his dad arrange his marriage, but he, he does what his dad would have done if he would have let him. He arranges the, the weddings for and his kids, and he arranged the marriage with Tamar, which was not a good character. So evil were those sons... So evil was uh, Judah's sons, God's killed them. Can you imagine that somebody so bad, God gives you grace and lets you live, whatever. They were so bad, God killed the first son uh, that it was married to Tamar. was so bad that, he, that God killed him. Uh, Judah had him married, which is a tradition, to the next son, and he died. He was so evil, God killed him too. And he was supposed to, as tradition was, supposed to give him to the third son, and, and he refused to do that, to give Tamar to Judah. Here's the fact. Judah was a widower. That means that he lost his wife. He visited a prostitute. You notice that qualifying statement? At least once. I have a feeling the life that Judah lived he did this more than once. This is a repeated thing. Here's where Tamar comes in again. Judah has a relationship with his daughter-in-law, but even what's interesting is he did under the pretense of, of prostitution. Is this a good and godly man? He's in the lineage of Christ, and he's going to be saved. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. Tamer's profile, she was a Canaanite man, woman, prohibited to be married. Judah should never marry uh, her in the, uh, I mean, shouldn't have had this marriage with, with his sons in the first place. He arranged the, wit, 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 the wedding, a uh, marriage outside of, of, of the, uh, the God-specified direction. Judah was a uh, widower, uh, Tamar was a widower of two of Judah's evil sons, Ur and Onan, and promised to, to Sheila, which was the last, he broke his promise. He, made, he was a liar, and he broke his promise. He murdered. He seduced, uh, she, Judah seduced Tamar, who was looking for a prostitute. He had two children, and out of that illicit relationship, guess what? The lineage of Christ came through. Isn't that amazing? Our God thinks different than we do. We would not write this story this way. Judah's redemption, 
and I'm coming in for the landing. No, and I wanted to make clear that you understood how bad this guy was. And in spite of how bad he was, Judah repents. And if you repent, if you make a mistake, if you sin, kids, God will forgive you and save you. Amen? And that applies to every child, to every adult in this thing. Whatever you've done, will you repent, God will forgive you. And then Judah, what he does, he changes his life. He changes his life, and he returns home. He returns back to his father's camp, and he comes under the leadership into God's presence. He returned home. And then he takes responsibility. I, he took, I believe he took multiple responsibilities, but when it came to the time when he's before Joseph and he makes that plead that he will give up his sons. He, first of all, he makes that promise to his father. You can take my children, my sons, my, and sons were very important those days. You can take my sons in surety that if I do not bring Benjamin back, you can have my son. You can do whatever you want with him. You can kill him if you want. That is a change of heart of Judah. And then he goes to to, that's before his father, and then he goes before Judah, and he makes one of the most powerful statements and pleads in the Bible before Judah. Judah was a changed man. Judah was restored. He became a patriarch in the lineage of God. If you're in the lineage of God, you must be doing something right. He's the father of, Jew, of the Jewish people. If you ever hear the word Jewish or Israel, Judah is a part of that story. He's in the lineage of Jesus, amazing grace, Judah's amazing God, grace. God forgave Judah for murdering, for betraying his brother as a slave, as a serial liar, as a wayward son, an immoral person. God will do that for you too. And folks, that's amazing grace. And as we close this sermon this morning, I want you to bow your heads in prayer. That there's not, I want you to pray silently to your Father, your Maker, to Jesus through the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, thank you for your amazing grace. Thank you that you've saved me from what I've done and I'm looking forward to being in heaven with you. Let us, I'm going to pray, I'm going to let you pray silently for 15 seconds and then we'll, we'll go to our closing song. Amen. Let us turn to uh, the song, closing song, 108, Amazing Grace, and let us sing that and understand it the way it's meant to be. Please stand.
our Father in heaven, we've realized the amazing grace. Lord, we may have thought that we had something that kept us from the grace of God. And Lord, we've seen through this example of a despicable, terrible man named Judah that there is amazing grace, and it's ours free for the taking, and we accept that, dear Lord, and we will be changed people until you're come. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.